seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens, into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Boy, I especially love verse 16, don't you? Uh, and at the end of that verse, it says, help in time of need. So I want to preach on that thought tonight, help in your time of need. Now, our Bible specifically says in verse 15 that we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Our Lord cares about us. Our Lord feel, feels for us tonight. He invites us to the throne of grace any time that it is we have a need. First of all, you and I, when I think about our needs, we require his help. There's none of us here tonight that do not need the help of God. Amen. There are times uh, that we're going to need the help of God specifically. We're going to need the help of God to be able to accomplish things. I know you think that you're strong and you can do this or you can do that, but the truth of the matter is you actually need the Lord's help more than you think you do. Uh, why, Preacher Deering? Because of distressful things that happen in our lives. Preacher Deering, what do you mean? What about sicknesses that you have? How many of y'all have ever had a baby that had a high fever and the fever wouldn't go down with Tylenol or Advil? You take them to the doctor, the doctor can't figure it out, but you know what? You give them over to the Lord and the Lord reduces that fever and knocks it out. The Lord is able, amen. I'm thinking about uh, many years ago about little Carrie here. Oh, little Carrie uh, had gone to the hospital. When did you break your arm? How old were you, Carrie? She was 10 years old and she had broken her arm. I was in the hospital and, and in my opinion, they had... Uh, tried to put that cast or whatever on her too early and it was her arm was swelling and she was in one more kind of pain. She was, I went up to the hospital to see her. She was crying and screaming uh, down the hall. I could hear her as I approached and I thought, Lord have mercy. What on earth are we going to do? Uh, Harvey and Misty are in there. Little Carrie's crying her eyes out. It, it was the most pathetic thing you had ever seen in your life. And I walked into that room and I thought, dear Lord, what on earth are we going to do? I, I can't even fellowship with them, can't talk to them. So I just commenced to pray. And I think I kind of walked over to the corner of the room and just started begging God if he would just calm her and help her with the swelling and the pain that she was feeling. And you know what? By the time I finished praying, the girl was asleep. I did my job, amen. When we pray, amen, uh, we're not supposed to go to sleep. When we pray, we're supposed to get answers, amen. And the Lord had come and he had calmed her. I didn't know that all these years later, that that would be my daughter-in-law that I was up there praying for in the hospital. But you see, that's just the way God works. Sometimes we have infirmities, we have sicknesses, we have weaknesses that you and I can't handle. They're distressful situations. I think about tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, some of you have got surgeries this week, things going on. You cannot handle this by yourself. You may think, well, I'm big, I'm strong, but I'm telling you, what we face in the future, we cannot, we cannot handle on our own. But I'm glad we have a God who's able to stand with us. His name is Jesus Christ. You, you may worry about your job. Well, I have a job tomorrow. Is, is my medication going to work? Is my marriage going to last? I'm telling you, there are distressful things going on about us. And if we don't have the Lord's help, we're going to be in trouble. 
Sometimes we get distraught about things going on in our life. You, 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 your strength is failing. Seems like as I'm getting older, my back is going out on me. Strength is failing. I, some of you, you come to the end of your resources. You, you feel like you're at the end of your rope, so to speak. What on earth are you going to do? Jehoshaphat, I was just reading about Jehoshaphat. He said, Lord, neither know we what to do. Have you ever gotten that situation? Lord, I do not know what to do. What on earth? Am I going to do in this situation? There are things you can't stop, things you can't solve, things you can't fix, things that are beyond your ability. Have you ever been disturbed by things that's happened to you back yonder in the past? Think about some of you, you still deal with guilt. You deal with past sins, past hurts, past wounds, things that you can't get by. I'm talking about that, that guilt, it comes up and, and, and you can't silence it. It's shaking, it's rattling, it's disturbing you. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, and that's a lot of times, that's easier said than done. It's impossible sometimes for us to forget and to rid things out of our mind. But I'm glad, amen, that our God is well able to help us. We require his help. Not only do we require his help, but, but I believe Apostle Paul is our writer of the book of Hebrews. He tells us how to request his help. How are we supposed to request it? He said we're to come before the, therefore come boldly under the throne of grace. So I'm telling you, there'll never be a time that you don't have someone to turn to. There'll never be a time you don't have somewhere to go if you're a Christian. You always have Jesus to turn to. You always have heaven to, to turn to, amen. He'll hear us. Verse 14 says, seeing then that we have, see there, we have a great high priest. Verse 15 for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched. So we have a high priest. We have a great high priest. We can look over here in chapter number 2 and in verse number 17. He is a merciful and faithful high priest. That means he's a bridge builder. Uh, when you and I, we, don't, we can't get where we need to go to get with the Lord. The high priest, Jesus, brings us in contact with the Father. Jesus Amen. He was able to transcend time and eternity and link us together where we can go before the throne of God Almighty in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, I couldn't go there on my own. Why? Because my righteousness is as filthy rags, putrid, like a leper. Nothing good about me whatsoever. But praise God, I can go in Jesus' name and he's given me access to get there. How do I approach his throne? He said, let us therefore come boldly. Boldly. What does that mean? I don't come in brazenly and I don't come in demanding. It just means that I have liberty. It means that I have freedom. It means that when I come to the throne of God, I can pour out my heart. I can express myself. I, I can share the innermost feelings of what I'm going through. I, I can talk to him without reservation, without being intimidated. You ever been around people that are high and mighty and intimidated you and you didn't really know how to talk, you didn't know how to present yourself? Well, God is a holy God. You come holy, you come reverently, but you don't have to be intimidated by him, amen. He wants you to pour your heart out to him. Thank God I can tell him what's going on in my life. I don't have to restrain my emotions. I don't have to limit my feelings. I can tell him what's going on in my life. Sometimes I, maybe you, you've approached someone that was a, a person of authority and, and you felt like a, that when you shared with them something, you feared their rebuke. They were going to rebuke you for what you said. 
But when I come to God, he doesn't rebuke me for how I feel. He doesn't rebuke me for what I'm going through, amen. He hears me, amen, and he longs to help me. So we see that how we require his help, we request his help, and thirdly, and I'll be done, we can receive his help. Look, look what the Bible says, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, when I pour out my heart to him, he opens his hands to me. Hallelujah. When, when, when I talk to him, he doesn't turn his back on me. He turns toward me. When I request his help, then I can receive his help. Maybe, maybe tonight now, here you are. You're needing the help of God. Preacher Darren, I need the help of God. He says, come boldly to the throne. Pour out your heart to me. Share with me your most detailed, inner, innermost, intimate feelings. Don't hold anything back. You can share everything with me. Now look what Paul says to us. Looking again at verse number 16, just a little closer. It gets a little personal here. He says, let us, who is us? Who is we? Who is that? It means all of us. God does not just have a special class, amen, that, that, that just says this is for this group and this is for this group. It's let us. We all are a child of God. I, I've had Miss Beverly, she came in this evening, and I said, man, I've had this song on my heart. I told Brother David, I've had this song on my heart. I hope they may try to sing it at some point in time. But I've had this song on my heart about how God loves me like I was his only child. I, I've always felt like there's, if he had a refrigerator, he'd have my picture on it, amen. He loves me like I was his only child. Yet he has time for every individual one of us all at the same time. What a great glory. Glorious God he is, amen. He gives us his undivided attention all the time. Then, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Now think about this mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is me not getting what it is that I deserve. You and I deserve tonight, I deserve to go to hell. But by the mercy of God, I don't have to go to hell tonight, Amen. One time I was told there was a preacher that got a ticket and he had to go to court. And when he got to court, uh, the judge said, son, do you have anything to say for yourself? He said, I do. He said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And the judge looked at him, he said, yes, preacher, you can go. But when you do, one more thing, go and sin no more. <laughs> Amen. That sounds like a personal story to me. Amen. Uh, but, but I begin to think about there, there is mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy is help for my past failures. Amen. I, I can go to him for my sins. I can go to him for my failures, for my errors, for my mistakes. And he has mercy. Praise God. I can obtain mercy through Jesus' name. And he says that I may obtain mercy and Find grace. What is grace? Grace is me getting what I don't deserve. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. When I have a need, He gives me grace. If I need strength, because of His grace, He can give me strength. If I need peace, because of His grace, He can give me peace. If I need comfort, because of His grace, He can give me comfort. If I need guidance, because of His grace, he can give me comfort and he can give me guidance and he can give me peace and he can give me everything that I need tonight because of his grace. That I may obtain mercy and that I may find grace. Now here's the thought, to help in the time of need. You know what that means? It is well-timed help. 
How many of y'all have ever heard the expression, God's always on time? You may think when he's four days late, he's still on time. He has well-timed help. I remember years ago, uh, 9-11 happened. We were living in the parsonage there when that first plane struck the Twin Towers. I'll never forget watching all that commotion happen. And then I think at about 9-03 or so, the second plane hit the Twin Towers. And then a plane hit the Pentagon. And then another plane was destined for somewhere, uh, but the people on board the plane tackled those that had hijacked it, and that plane crashed down in the field. Uh, Did you know that according to dockets, I was reading at 8.52 a.m., there were two F-15s from the 102 fighter wing in Massachusetts that was scrambled and airborne. They were 70 miles away, 70 miles away when the second tower was hit. They were going to stop that from happening, but they were late arriving. Then there were three F-16s that were scrambled and airborne from Langley Air Force Base in southern Virginia trying to get to the Pentagon in Washington, but they were late getting there as well. May I just say this tonight, that our God is never late. His help is well-timed help. Let us come therefore boldly under the throne of grace. His is a throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Brother Harold Seitler said one time he was flying and uh, the, the plane had mechanical problems and it got in some weather issues as well. And, and man, that thing was bouncing around six and eight and ten feet in the air and he began to pray. He was so scared. He thought, Lord, I'm going to die. I'm coming home to see you right now. Lord, please help us. And he, and he said, uh, finally, the plane was able to land safely. And after it landed safely, he was getting off. He said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But Lord, I want to I ask you something. I've always believed in my hour of death that you would take away my fear of death. But I didn't have that taken away. He said, you wasn't going to die. <laughs> Amen. God's help is well-timed help. Amen. A preacher friend of mine, he, he said that he'd been pastoring a church and, and God told him it was time for him to go full-time into uh, the uh, ministry of evangelism. And he said, I didn't even have a meeting. I scheduled, I didn't have a business card, but he said I had to resign my church and tell him I was going full-time in evangelism. I didn't have one phone call. I didn't have one meeting lined up. I didn't know what on earth I was going to do. He said I literally thought I was going to starve to death. I was just trusting the Lord. He said my dad's birthday was coming up. He loves to eat at Red Lobster. If you don't like Red Lobster, don't hold it against the store because it's true. He said I'd go every day to my mailbox hoping God would have money put in my mailbox that somebody would have mercy on me or something. Somebody would extend me grace. He said, but every day I'd go back and it was just nothing, nothing but more bills. That's all it ever was, amen? And, and he said, I'd just sometimes put them in a hat and draw one out and figure out which one I'm going to be paying this month because I didn't have enough money to go around. And he said, and one day, he said, Lord, it's my daddy's birthday and I really, really, really want to be able to buy him some red lobster coupons. You know that he'd be able to have like a gift card. And he said, and I don't have any money. I don't know what I'm going to do. And you know what? He went down there after he prayed that. And it came the very day of his dad's birthday. And he came there. He says, I'm just going to try it one more time. He put the key in his post office box. And you know what was laying in there? An envelope addressed to him. He ripped it open. There was a card. And inside the card, he'd been hoping and praying for $50 to get red lobster coupons. It wasn't $50. It was red lobster coupons worth $25 a piece. 
two of them 50 just exactly what he had been needing, just exactly what he'd been praying, just exactly what he'd been hoping for. God took care of it. Let me just say to you that our God gives well-timed help. I'll never forget that little family that had moved off to the northeast. They'd been pastoring on the east coast and they moved up to the north, the, the, the northwest, up, up towards the Washington State area up there. And man, I'm telling you, they literally thought they were going to freeze to death. The, the winters were terrible. They, they were having a really hard time. And, and the mom and the dad were discouraged. The dad was a preacher and, and the mom was a, a, a preacher's wife. And they had, they had uh, two little boys that were twins and they had a little girl and said we would hear them praying at Christmas time. Oh, God, would you give us new ice skates? Oh, God, would you give me a red dress? Oh, God, would you give me a little dolly? And we'd stand there knowing that we didn't have any money. We'd stand there knowing we're not going to be able to get anything for our children and how it just broke our hearts. And then she said, the lady said her husband would go out visiting. He would come back and say, you know what? I don't know why God would ask us to come here. It's like I'm getting treated like a dog. Every time I go out, nobody wants to come to church. They they yell at me. They cuss at me. He said, I got a hole in my overcoat here. I'm freezing to death. My life is falling apart. His wife would always kiss him and give him a verse of scripture. But it got so bad that she got so discouraged with what and all was going on, she completely just quit giving him scripture. She'd just give up any hope that anything would ever happen until Christmas Eve. And on Christmas Eve, a knock came to their door, and it was the postmaster. And he said, there's a crate came for you to the post office and I thought I would hand deliver it because maybe you might need it for Christmas time. And so they said, what a crate. And they looked and it was a dress from the church they had left back on the East Coast, a prominent church. And, and, and they, they, pried the, they pried the crate open and they went through a, a, some newspapers that were laying there on top and sure enough, there was a brand new overcoat for the preacher. And she said, the wife said, try it on, honey. See if it fits. He said, I ain't fit to wear it. He said, I've been complaining and murmuring and upset and bothered and thinking God didn't care. What on earth am I doing here? And he walked away from his family and he went to the back room and he said, oh, God, please forgive me for being so discouraged and speaking against the work. Oh, God, I'm not worthy. And you've provided me a new coat the whole time this has been coming and I'm worthy. After he repented, he went back and he put that coat on. It was exactly his size. They went down to a few quilts and a few more newspapers, and sure enough, there was a brand new shawl for his wife. And oh, it was beautiful. It is Afghan type, being knitted and crocheted. Said, let's put this on you. She says, Oh no, I'm not worthy to wear it. With the way I've been complaining, I quit reading my Bible. I quit giving you scripture. She said, Just forget it. She walked off to the back room and she got down and said, Oh God, please forgive me for being so discouraged and not trusting you and being so quick to give up. God, I want to thank you for your help, how you've helped me. And man, she got back up and she went back in her living room and she put that shawl on. It was just exactly what she needed and she looked so pretty in it. Little boy said, keep on digging down in there. Keep on digging. They went a little further down with a few more quilts and sure enough, they pulled out two brand new pair of ice skates just their size. Boy, them boys was running around there. The little girl, she ran up and she said, hurry, keep digging, keep digging. I know my dress is in there. And I'm telling you, I don't know how that church back east knew, but when they went down a few more quilts into that crate, they pulled out a brand new red dress for that little girl to wear. I'm telling you, God knows just exactly what you need. His help is well-timed help, amen. And she said, 
Oh, mommy, look, I'll be so happy. But keep looking, mommy, I was wanting a dolly too. And they looked and down there at the very bottom was a brand new dolly for that little girl. And she said, mommy, daddy, it's just what we've been praying for every day. Honey, I'm gonna tell you, I don't know what it is you need tonight. I don't even know who you are tonight. But I'm telling you, as God is my witness, he spoke to me yesterday afternoon and he said, you get up there and tell them that I have grace, I have mercy that they'll get in their time of need. The problem is we're not willing to say, oh God, I'm in need. I need your answer. I need your help. Oh Lord, have mercy. Would to God we could crawl back up in our daddy's lap and jump up in his lap one more time and say, oh daddy, hold me. Hold me one more time, amen. I'm telling you, have a God, amen. And then you can crawl up in his lap and you tell him what you need. You point your heart to him without fear of rebuke, without fear of intimidation. You can tell him whatever you want and when you open your heart, he'll open his hands. His hands of, Lord of God, his hands of provision, his hands of supply. Honey, he's able tonight, amen. I'm done, you stand to your feet. Maybe there's somebody here. You have a need tonight. Who is it? Come on right now, preacher, I have a need. Preacher, I have a need. Oh, I want to come requesting his help. I want to come requesting his help. Now I'm telling you, when you come requesting his help, you just get ready because you're soon going to be receiving his help. (laughs) Hey, glory, hallelujah. Bless his good name. Our Father tonight, as I bow on my knee, Lord, I want to tell you that I'm in need. Father, tonight, I am requiring your help. I can't do it alone. Can't fix it. Can't meet the need. Can't stop it. Can't silence it. So, Lord, I require your help, sir. And now I request it. Lord, would you help me? Oh, yes. God, you know the fears, the intimidations. Lord, you know what lies before us. We don't pretend to. God, I pray tonight you'd make the way and you'd show us the way. Just as Jehoshaphat said, neither know we what to do. Lord, we're perplexed. Lord, would you help us tonight, God? Oh, God, I pray. You'd heal. You'd remedy. You'd repair. You'd make the way, Father. Help us, God. Repair the breach, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.